Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. On this episode of The Commercial Break. Oh yeah, cats and kittens, welcome back to The Commercial Break. It's your only co-host coming to you live from the actual COVID Christmas castle. As every single person in this household, including those that are visiting for the holidays, has had or is having a bout with coronavirus 19 or whatever the fuck we're calling it these days. In any case, my dog won't stop barking, my in-laws won't stop sneezing, and my kids won't stop pouring weird fluids out of every orifice in their body. Therefore, I cannot convince any rational human being to come in and record with me. So, no new episode just for today. We'll probably have a new episode tomorrow. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the most listened to 40 minutes of the TCB season number four. What would that be? I know this just aired a couple of months ago, but if you haven't heard it, it's fucking wild. Steve tells us about going to clown school, getting kicked out of the Carnival Cruise clown posse or whatever he was a part of and locking himself in a room with Mike Tyson and doing blow for five hours. This is one guy who definitely has more interesting drug stories than I do. But then again, I'm just a blowhard who likes to listen to myself talk. So here's Tina and I interviewing Steve-O in a wide-ranging conversation with a super interesting guy. Season number five starts just seven days from now. More interviews, more games, more goofing off, and of course, more Frankie B. We've also got a big announcement coming January 15th, so please do tune in. And I want to thank you, Chrissy and I want to thank you from the bottom of our hearts, being just as sincere as I possibly can on the commercial break. Everyone out there in the podcast universe who has listened has been really good to us in 2023, and I hope you stick around in 2024. Happy New Year. Best to you. Enjoy our conversation with Mr. O. The next episode of The Commercial Break starts now. Steve, what's going on, my friend? I'm hanging tough. I've got my beautiful Wendy good girl. Ah. I think that kind of disarms your guests a little bit. Like they get to pet the dog and hang out there for a minute. Yeah, you know, like... I disarm my guests a lot, I think, and that has to do with me bringing the studio to them. Yeah, with the van, I think people just come out of like their home, and then all of a sudden they're on camera, and they don't they don't 
pretty awesome. They they kind of get it's like interrupted from the normal flow of activity that they walk into some publicist's room with a camera and snapshots and all that. You, I, I think you give them kind of a homey feel. I was just sharing with Steve that I watched the Bill Burr episode of Wild Ride, which is fantastic. You have to check it out. Um, his podcast and his vodcast. But I was watching the Bill Burr episode and instantaneously, Bill's like, he's so relaxed. He's like, oh, let me pet your dog for a few minutes and we'll shoot the shit. I love it. How, why the, what was, who told you you should go do a podcast and you decided to put it into a van and ride around? Um, well, being that I, I tour at doing live comedy. Yep. It uh, really is kind of uh, an, an important piece of the puzzle to do a podcast. Um, I, I recognized that, but I just hated the idea of asking that annoying question of my famous friends, like, "Will you be on my podcast?" Like, I just, <laughs> you know, like I, it was so difficult for me to come around to that. That the only way I could is if. Uh, I made it convenient by bringing the, you know, it's a lot easier to ask somebody to be on your podcast if you say, I'll bring the studio to you whenever and wherever. Exactly. Convenient. You can roll up to their front door, basically. Do you, uh, let me ask you a question because I, I've been dying to ask this since, uh, since I heard you were coming on the show. You lived in Venezuela when you were a kid. Is that correct? It, it is. I don't remember it. Uh, I moved there when I was uh, two years old, I believe, and um, lived there, uh, I think, for less than two years. I left when I was four, I believe. Um, so I don't remember any of it, but I did definitely speak fluent Spanish in nursery school. In <laughs> Have you kept that up? Have you kept the Spanish up? No. Oh, my no, gosh. I, I lost Spanish and Portuguese. My my first words were in Portuguese. Here, uh, here is why I ask that question and why it's uh, so canny to me or uncanny to me. My wife is Venezuelan, like, you know, born in Venezuela. And then I chased her around the world and, and asked her to come to the United States with me. Now we have children. And so they're learning all about, you know, they're learning Spanish. There's a bilingual household. And I thought that was so fascinating. How did you end up in, in Venezuela? I'm assuming because your family, your dad took a job there. Wasn't he, wasn't he like an executive for PepsiCo or something? He was, um, I was born in England. Um, my dad was working for Procter and Gamble, and when not when I was six months old, the family moved to Brazil uh, because Dad became the president of Pepsi Cola Brazil. Oh, and I was raised by live-in maids. <laughs> that's why I spoke my first words in Portuguese. Um, and uh, then Dad got a promotion to like a larger territory of uh, South and Central America. And that's why we moved to Venezuela. It's such a beautiful country. I want to go visit, but, you know, there's obviously there's some things to be considered now. I think it was a different country. You and I are around the same age. It's a different country back then than it is now. So it's not, you know, it's a little unsafe to travel to Venezuela as a gringo. But uh, but I can't wait to go because I just I I've heard it's beautiful. I've seen so many pictures and the people there are lovely. It's so lovely. I married one, Steve. So and congratulations on your engagement, too. I know you got engaged about a year ago. Is that right? Um, it, it's been more than that. We've been on a real marathon engagement. Um, oh, have you? Yeah, which is good. 
It's okay. Long engagements are okay. I, I think they're totally fine. <laughs> like, do it yeah. when you're ready. Well, I mean, I, I'm happy to be so sure that I'm with the, the right woman for me. And, and the longer we spend engaged, the more sure I am. <laughs> Good man. Good man. Steve, yeah. how yeah. did you get the name Steve-O? You have to tell this story about your brief but probably wonderful time at the <laughs> University of Miami. Yeah, there wasn't much to it. I was always drunk. Um, my friends tended to be always drunk. Um, keg parties were uh, events where I would uh, make a point of acting out in some ridiculous way. And while I was acting out, that inspired my drunken friends to scream. And uh, it was just born of drunk people screaming, Steve-O! Steve-O! <laughs> you know? And uh, that was really uh, as simple as it was, the, the, the origin of Steve-O. So I guess you say, what's the O stand for? And the genuine answer is nothing. It doesn't stand for anything. It's people going, Steve, oh, shit, look at what that guy just did. Can, can I ask you, like, let me get inside your head a little bit. When, you, when do you start, like, just recognizing that you have this really strange uh, like, ability to turn off fear and do things that other people clearly have no and you know would not in the right mind do like what prompts that kind of energy to come out when do you start recognizing that this is something that people are paying attention to and i should uh kind of travel down this road well (laughs) uh, there's a, a a kind of funny and kind of sad story from venezuela (laughs) no kidding (laughs) When I was, uh, I think it was my first day of nursery school. I'm actually reasonably sure that it was my very first day of nursery school. My mother was Canadian and um, she went to pick me up from my first day of nursery school in Venezuela. And the, uh, the, the, the women working at the, the nursery school, they said, the, they said, you know, Esteban, you know, Steve, is tremendo. Tremendo. <laughs> He's a great kid. He's lovely. No, no, no. That, that my mom thought that what they were saying, that I was tremendous. Tremendous. Great compliment. But uh, as, as my mom related this to uh, her Spanish-speaking friends, um, they said, oh, no, 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 no. Tremendo doesn't mean tremendous or wonderful. Tremendo means like, like really terrible. That's the Spanish trend. Like, That's right. Then, you know, it was always kind of a funny anecdote in the family. But um, then years later, when I was watching the uh, the Blackfish documentary yeah. about the orcas at SeaWorld, yeah. they had this lady, I believe, uh, can, can you let her out? They had this lady who was describing... Uh, having witnessed the the mangled body of her son who had been torn apart by an orca. And she described the sight. I remember as, this. She said that seeing her son all torn apart by a killer whale was tremendo. <laughs> Not exactly something you want to be lined up with. Right. Now, now I don't know. I, I have no idea what the behavior was, which uh, inspired the label of Tremendo when I was uh, two years old. 
But there was something going on there. And, um, I mean, I... You just kind of always felt it? Like, it was always a part of you? Like, hey, I, I just have this energy and I want to get it out in these, in, in these ways. Yeah, I would say so. Um, there was just always something. I, I, I remember I was six years old and uh, jumped off of uh, of a like full size refrigerator and landed on a nail. And Holy landed. shit! Yeah, like I was like in the, somewhere in my leg. I feel like it was on my shin or something, and I had to get stitches. So like, so there is like some stuntiness going on. Apparently, like the first. <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, apparently my first attempt at walking, like, uh, I somehow knocked out teeth. But you would imagine that you walk before you have teeth, but I don't know. Like, uh, um, that's not, that's not true. Children have teeth long before they walk, or at least in my experience, they do. So I think when you're walking, you do have front teeth, at least. Then that checks out. Yeah, there you go. (laughs) I I, uh, I went all overboard my first try at walking and knocked out my front teeth. Do you like? Do you have regular pain sensors? <laughs> do you have like a regular pain receptor? It just doesn't no. register, does it? It's not. It's not that it doesn't register because if it was, if if I didn't register pain, you, it wouldn't be as entertaining. It, it wouldn't. Yeah, be, you wouldn't have the fear. Yeah, there wouldn't be the trepidation to build the suspense or or the you know the reaction to yeah. pay off the bit. Uh, the simple fact with me is that um, my desire for attention outweighs my desire for comfort. Do you uh, attention? Once you start getting that attention, it's kind of addictive, right? It's like what uh, now that I have something that people are giving me attention for, and I find that I'm good at it and. I just go for it now. And does that like yeah. manifest itself through high school and, and college? And that's where people are like, Steve, Oh shit. Um, you know, I wish that that was the case, but it, it, it wasn't really working for me, uh, when I was young. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I, I it really, uh, like I, I, rem- I have a memory of uh, third grade, like eight years old. We were living in Miami, Florida. And, uh, I, you know, I, I gathered the kids around in the cafeteria to watch me unscrew a salt shaker and just consume mass quantities of salt from it. Um, and uh, nobody thought that, that, that everybody just thought it was kind of creepy. And, and uh, you know, nobody really enjoyed that. You became misunderstood because they were like, oh, my God, what is that kid doing? And so maybe yeah. the attention at that age is a little bit different, obviously, than it is when you're starring in Jackass Four. Yeah, I mean, it, it was it was uh, it was not necessarily really good. I remember like uh, when I was in when I was ten years old in fifth grade, um, when I was like one of or perhaps even my last baby teeth um, was uh, loose. Just, I, I, I mean, but not really loose yet. I knew that if I ripped it out, like. Uh, too soon it would, there would be a lot of blood yeah and um you know I, I went into class and told this girl i was sitting next to that i could leave whenever i wanted i didn't have to be in class that day <laughs> and uh you know she looked at me like i was a weird creep and then when the class started i ripped out the tooth super violently and there was all this blood and uh <laughs> i raised my hand to the teacher and the teacher said go to the nurse go to the nurse and i i got up and said to the girl like see i told you so 
coat. And like, <laughs> so that, that girl just thought I was a creep, too. We had this. Uh, yeah, everybody just thought I was a creep. <laughs> we had this guy on. Uh, v- <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I mean, David, like I, I handled that poorly right there. Um, I was just going to say that uh, there was a particularly, um, like it, it pierced my heart. Uh, and it's sad to say that that's the case, but um, in, I'm going to guess, uh, 2009, maybe 2010. Okay. Um, I was setting about putting together my my first book, my which was a memoir called Steve-O, Professional Idiot. And um, my sister, being the family historian, pulled out like uh, all the files that she had compiled over the years for me to have like uh, you know it was kind of resources for, yeah. for my book. And in going through them, I found I found a report card from sixth grade, which was me when I was 12 years old. And the there was a comment from my homeroom teacher, Mrs. Iaquesa, which read, uh, Steve, so, like some paraphrasing, but it said Steve's basically desperate for the approval and praise of his, of his peers. Oh. You know, the affection, the, the approval, the praise. But everything that he does, um, you know, seeking this approval and praise brings about the opposite results. Mm. You know, it was a, a story. And, and it, reading that, like, I mean, I, I was reading that as an adult in my 30s. And it was just like, oh, I did you know, it. Oh, God, feel yeah. the pain of that. <laughs> That little kid, you know, feel the pain of that little kid who wanted so desperately to be loved. And yes. tried so hard to be loved, but the way that I, the way that I tried so hard, just made everybody feel like I was a creep. That really resonates with me. <laughs> I mean, and, and that worked out okay for you. Yeah, I mean, that characterized my childhood. You know, I, I think um, there's, uh, you know, there, there, there's, I believe, like uh, an an element of, uh, you know, alcoholism in mm. that. Like the idea of uh, just constantly feeling uncomfortable in my skin. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. like alcoholics very often, like generally, it's generally accepted as a trait of alcoholism. This uh, feeling of always uh, being irritable, restless, and discontent. Mm. And then people could sum it up by just saying uncomfortable in my own skin. I, and, uh, I agree yeah, with you, man. Like, yeah, it wasn't comfortable, man. I had a very uncomfortable childhood. I, I know you, you've been to many therapy sessions just like I have. And my therapist will often say, that's the little boy, Brian, talking, right? Crying out for attention, crying out for acceptance, crying out for something. And you know what? Every time she says it to me, it fucking rips my heart out. It really does because I know she's speaking the truth. And um, so to connect with that, like, you know, many, many years later, you read this report card and you see like this... This was the little boy, Steve, uh, looking for attention. And the teacher so aptly pointed out, maybe he's not getting the kind of attention he so, uh, you know, so desperately wants. And um, but 
you know, that weird energy, right? That energy that you had turned into something that really has become who you are. It's the definition of Steve, at least to the outside world. It's the definition of Steve O. And you've become a great success. You are a fucking movie star. And quite frankly, you're a legend. Tina and I, who's sitting here with me, um, Tina and I, you know, we're in the age group that is squarely uh, watched you grow up on TV. And you're just like, there's something about you, Steve, that is so real and authentic, even when you're doing things that are absolute insanity to the rest of us. We're all <laughs> sitting there watching, cringing. There's something so authentic about Steve O. And your journey, just as from, a, you know, f- watching you from the first season of Jackass to who you are today on Wild Ride, it's We've like grown up with you. You've grown up. We've grown up. We've all become a little bit more mature. How, uh, w- when you're doing Bucket List, which is your new special that's out there, and we'll show, uh, tell people how to get there, and we'll, send the, we'll put a link on the show notes. When you're doing Bucket List, and you are taking it to the extreme, you clearly are scared of some of these things. Like the opening shot. I don't want to give it away, because I want people to watch it, but the opening shot, Steve, it looks like you, you're going to lose your fucking legs. I mean, it's crazy. When you're doing that stunt, are you like, holy shit, Steve, what the fuck are you doing? Or are you just in some other zone? Like, you know, uh, this is this is what I do. This is what I want to do. Well, first off, there were a lot of kind words there, thank and you. thank you. I, for, I mean it, them. by the way. I mean uh, it, by the way. I'm, I'm profoundly well, yeah, I, I appreciate it a lot, man. I really do. Um, and uh, I'm also not particularly precious about uh, the, you know, saying what's in my bucket list special because I think that you can tell people, you know, my vision was to be on on a roof and have a big helicopter over me, drop a rope ladder, which I grab with my bare hands and get flown (laughs) off and crashed through electrical wires and stuff like that and let go and land on the roof of a moving tour bus. Like, you can say that to people and not really ruin it. (laughs) You know? Guys, uh, when you see this special, (laughs) Steve is literally hanging off a fucking helicopter and he drops himself onto a moving RV where the landing is less than spectacular, but he pulls it off. I thought you were going to die, man. I was like, holy shit, there he goes. It's Steve's last, last stunt. Yeah, like, uh, it, it, it wasn't even planned when uh, when the, the bus hit me. Yeah. While I was on the ladder like that, it, it was uh, very, very scary. And, um, yeah, I loved it, man. It was uh, the most expensive stunt that I've ever put together. Um and it it really worked. It, it worked, worked exactly well. the way I wanted it to work. Actually, it even worked better. And um, my bucket list special is very much like that. Uh, you know, from start to finish, it's uh, ambitious. It's, there's the one where um, I get uh, shot up with general anesthesia drugs while I'm <laughs> This is my next question. This is my and, next uh, question. <laughs> this episode is sponsored in part by Claritin. Do you hear that? Do you hear that absolutely irritating voice that I have right now and all the sinus congestion? Twice a year, we call that the Atlanta flu. That's because those of us who suffer from seasonal allergies can really find it quite miserable during the spring and during the fall. The nasal congestion that can cause pounding headaches, the irritating throat drainage, the coughing. Sometimes I can't taste my food and it can really make some of my days unbearable. 
Luckily, for those of us who do live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Claritin D, quite frankly, changed the allergy game for me. I've been taking it for a number of years, and it's got fast symptom relief that starts working on my allergies and nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes. The double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. All of those symptoms are familiar to any seasonal allergy sufferer, and I just love this product. It's actually kind of serendipitous that I am suffering from allergies today. Just took my Claritin D, and I quite frankly look forward to the relief, and so I don't sound like a duck. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at your pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Please use as directed, and we want to thank Claritin for being a sponsor of the commercial break and a reliever of Brian's allergy symptoms. Thanks, Claritin. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Tell this story. How do you convince a fucking doctor? How do you convince a fucking doctor to put general anesthesia in you? How did you do that? Uh, you know, I didn't uh, make this as clear in the in the special, um, but uh, the what we really did, I mean, I just uh, you know, I said we 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 spoke with a few anesthesiologists. Um, I went on my Instagram story and I put put my uh, story out on Instagram saying, "Hey, I um, I, I it." it if you're a general anesthesia specialist, or maybe I said if you're a, just a, a anesthesiologist, yeah, yeah, please reach out to uh, my guy Scott Randolph, and um, it's really remarkable how like 100 percent of the time that I've ever asked 
uh, for some random help on social media, even if it's I need drugs to be stolen from a hospital and administered <laughs> while I'm riding a bicycle through a field, you know, or uh, or you know, I did. It wasn't on social media that the that the epidural stunt. Um, <clears throat> It took took shape, but uh, but yeah, it, it's always worked, man. It's always worked. You got to see the special; it's fucking fantastic. Uh, I I want to move back one second, Steve. Do you have like the <laughs> world's best health insurance, or are people just like, you know, uh, you must see the doctor quite a bit? I would imagine in in your line uh, of work. And uh, tell me uh, when when's the last time? Go ahead. I'm seeing the doctor more and more, and uh, it's not even – I really don't think it's because of uh, stunts. I think it's just the fact that, you know, I'm 49 years old. Yeah. Like, I really – really like, tomorrow I'm going in – tomorrow I'm having surgery on my knee uh, to repair a torn meniscus, and it's not from a stunt. It's just wear and tear. Like, uh, if anything, I think it happened while I was riding a bicycle. And not the general <laughs> anesthesia bike ride. <laughs> not the one the where you went to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> then again, I got, it was from a stunt that I got the collarbone hardware put in, and it was from a stunt that I got the ankle hardware put in, and it was from a stunt that I got the skin grafts all over my body. Now, not all over my body, all over my arms and my back. Yeah, I mean, you may not have had all the doctor's visits because of the stunts, but you've probably had quite a few. Is there, like, when you go to do a jackass, there must be an incredible amount of attention paid to how we're going to ensure the people that are on this movie and just getting clearances to do that, all those stunts. You know, it it wasn't until Jackass 3D in 2010 that I first asked, hey, what happens if somebody gets, like, really badly hurt or killed? (laughs) And the answer was? They said, oh, uh, standard workman's comp laws uh, apply. Standard? I'm sure there's there's, um, insurance stuff, too, but... um, But, yeah, like, I broke my collarbone on the set of the fourth Jackass movie, and... um, yeah, it was like a workman's comp claim. That's so. that's insane. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have I imagined you guys would have been insuranced up in seven different ways to Sunday. But maybe yeah, the I, I may, insurance too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of I course. Insurance too. What is the what is the craziest stunt that you have done uh, a part of you know on your own bucket list, jackass, any of the series, any of the television shows, what is the craziest stunt that you did that you just would never do again? You're, I, I'm just done with it. I would never attempt that again. There are plenty of things that uh, I wouldn't do again. Um, but I would probably say the one the, with the burns, the, the fire angels. Yeah. Um, that was the, the, the big closing stunt the the grand finale of my second comedy special, which was called Gnarly, and um, that one lives uh, just just for free streaming, like at stevo.com If you want to watch that, it just starts playing right away. Yeah, it's it's crazy, yeah, like, and you got badly hurt on that one, burnt, 
like yeah, skin grafts. Like I mean, I laid down in a bed of rocket engine fuel <laughs> and, did, and did snow angels while my buddies lit the fuel. <laughs> Who comes up with these ideas? You specifically, or is it like you guys, you and a, and your friends, or the production team? Y'all get together and you brainstorm ideas, and then you see uh, if they're even feasible. And then what's the process? I mean, the, the ideas come in different ways, and and the process certainly varies. But um, in that case. Um, the idea was, um, you know, to just blow up my living room with me in it. It was, it was, it was actually inspired by my my relationship with my girl at the time. It was my girlfriend, <clears throat> who's now my fiance, and uh, I just felt like I, I felt uh, very strongly that that this was a relationship that I was committed to. And to look at my house at the time, it was very much the house that I, you know, kind of decorated as a bachelor. And it was, you know, my bachelor pad. And I no longer wanted it to feel like my girl was, you know, in my house. I wanted it to feel like it was our house. Our house. Yes, totally. So my my way of uh, making that, I said, I want to blow up the living room. I want to like really screw up all the requiring us to to, to paint over everything, and uh, and that you know, and then I want my girl to to you know kind of uh, lead the charge and decorate decorating it to make it feel like our house. Tina, so, this, this shows a level of maturity. This shows yeah. a level of maturity. <laughs> yes. It really does. Self awareness and maturity. Because I yeah. know a lot of guys who refuse to change a damn thing. It's my place. It's my house. I'm keeping it the way that I want it. But I knew early on that if you wanted to invite a woman to live with you or your girlfriend or whatever it happens to be, if you want to do that, they have to feel like it's their place too. Not that just a couple dresses are hanging in extra space in your closet. That is they have correct. to feel like they're part of the game, right? <laughs> yeah. Because I would want that too. So it's Absolutely. just like a bit of self awareness. Look at you, Steve. <laughs> You're all grown up, buddy. Yeah, it was pretty <laughs> rad. Like, uh, I'm gonna, bl- I want to blow up the living room, um, and uh, didn't really do a whole lot of damage to the living room. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or damage to yourself. <laughs> we did like uh, we 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 got. To, I mean, we made a little bit of a mess, but uh, but yeah, the, the damage was primarily to myself. And uh, yeah, I mean, it was just a crazy. It was a crazy thing, man. It was, uh, you know, and and whenever I've gotten hurt doing stunts, you know, thankfully I've recovered from from everything for the most part. Um, and the the more uh, consequential, the more hurt I got. It's always just made the stunt more notable. It's been a, more of a notch in my belt. So there's nothing really to regret about any of that for me and um you know like once something epic's happened like it's happened there's not really there's there's got to be a compelling reason to go and do something again exactly it's you adding to the uh art piece right i i look at your career and 
you've just done so many things that are notable in my own head. And then, you know, talking to people that knew that you were coming on the show, oh, you got to ask him about this stunt. You got to ask him about that stunt. And I think everybody feels the same way. It's like, holy shit, look at this guy's career. He's still alive. He's still walking and talking. And he has done all this stuff at his own expense for the enjoyment of the people on the other end. And probably you got, you know, you're getting something out of it too, obviously. Um, But that relationship between the audience and you, all of it's on celluloid, which is the great thing too. What what I see, like, go on YouTube, and then I see somebody doing similar things for, like, you know, 10 views. Now, listen, this could be the beginning of another, the next Steve-O, or it could just be some kid, you know, breaking his arm for, uh, for a couple of views. Um, but you really have made a pretty storied career out of this. Do you, do you, can you walk into an airport or into a mall or, you know, Target, wherever you go shopping, can you walk into one of those places and not be recognized? Um, I'm sure during the pandemic it might have been easier because of the mask. But like, if you don't have any mask on and you just walk in, do you get recognized uh, enough that it becomes like, oh shit, I gotta, I gotta go into Target? <laughs> the mask never helps. Um, oh really? Yeah, because as soon as I open my mouth, it's I mean, the like, voice, yeah, yeah, like, like I, I, I get recognized over the phone. Oh yeah, I to order a pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not not all the time, but uh, but it's it's not infrequent. Why why do you talk this way? Is this like is this just a gravelly voice, or I I, I think I one of our intrepid researchers heard that you speak with your muscles and not with your vocal cords or something like I that. Guess so. That that's what I'm told. Has it always been like that? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I, I, I just suck at talking. <laughs> uh. You graduated from Ringling Brothers Barnum and Bailey Clown School, but you didn't actually go to work for the for the circus. Is that right? Uh, I didn't work for the Ringling Circus. I worked for a circus called the Hannaford Family Circus. Oh. And I worked as a clown on Royal Caribbean Cruise Lines. Oh my God! You're kidding me. Nope. So you're on these Royal Caribbean uh, cruises. Are you? testing some of these ideas that you have for doing crazy stunts or are you just taking it like it's a job i go out i i do um my clown show and then i i, I call it a day uh i mean I, I filmed uh i filmed crazy stunts on the cruise ships and um the uh the line between what i did you know in my professional role on the cruise ships versus what i was doing as extracurricular for uh, <laughs> my my aspirations and my video camera, that line got a little bit blurry. Um, certainly got blurry, but uh, yeah. When you were filming these, is this what eventually became like the tapes that you were trying to get into Big Brother and and you were or were you just uh, was this pre or post or? I, I I was already in Big Brother. Yeah. When uh, when I got the cruise ship job. Um, it was before going on to the cruise ship that the Big Brother boob video came out. Um, so yeah, that was all that was all happening. But there were like certain things, like um, the uh, one of the clowns I worked with um, while we were in the office typing up our weekly report. Uh, 
one, one of the clown report on Royal yeah, Caribbean. Like, uh, you know, the, the, the job that we had, it was called interactive performers. And um, the, uh, you know, the different things that we did, it was kind of an experimental thing. Like uh, we were the first to have this job. So the, 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 the company wanted a, a weekly report of what we did. Okay, gotcha. And we were typing up our report, and uh, the this clown that I worked with just grabbed the stapler off the desk and just whacked himself with it. And sure enough, he had a staple in his arm. <laughs> and I thought, wow, that's like the coolest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> and um, we got paid in cash on the cruise ship uh, like every other week. Like every two weeks we got paid, and uh, we made like 600 bucks a week, so... It was more than a thousand bucks that we got paid every two weeks in cash, and it was all hundred dollar bills. Holy so, shit! The next time we got paid, um, I uh, with my friend's blessing, I was like, "Man, do you mind if I take this staple thing?" and And I filmed a bit called the the thousand dollar man, where <laughs> I, I uh, stapled. <laughs> I'd stapled ten one hundred dollar bills across my arms and my chest. And I called myself the the one thousand dollar man. <laughs> Did you do this in front of people? Where how was it received on the Royal Caribbean? I'm just I'm trying to imagine Steve O stapling hundreds to himself. We did it. We did it in the same office. Gotcha. Where we typed up the, the reports. <laughs> yeah. Uh, when you, I've heard, I've had friends who've entertained on cruise ship. Like they were, you know, one guy was a, did a piano and the other girl did a guitar or whatever. What was it like living on a cruise ship? How long did you do that job for? Uh, I lasted for six months. I, I had a six month contract and, um, the, uh, other clowns in my, there, we were a troop of four clowns on this one ship. And uh, <laughs> all, three, all three of the other clowns went to the cruise ship brass and said, if Steve-O comes back for another contract, <laughs> we all quit. <laughs> Probably uh, some of the guests. <laughs> yeah, it, was, uh, it was a clown mutiny. They, they, all, they said, if Steve-O comes back, we all quit. <laughs> Holy so, shit. Uh, yeah, so, so my boss clown... Uh, when I saw when I saw my boss clown who wasn't part of my troop, he was like, "Man, these these fucking clowns went behind your back, and they they, they made it so you're not coming back for another contract. They, they're like, that's it's not in the cards. You're not coming back, definitely not. And they don't have the balls to tell you that. Uh, and I don't want them to do you like that. He said, "I'm telling you, this job is going away. You do not have this job at the end of your contract. So I'm telling you." to call up your skateboard buddies and try and drum up another gig. Uh, and he said, if, if I let it be known that he told me that, that he would lose his job. So I had to keep it a secret and I had to work with these fucking clowns for another, <laughs> like, it was like another two months. It was another two months and we were training for the launch, the, the maiden voyage of the world's largest cruise ship. Yeah. There were all these, there were all these routines, these scripts and stuff that I had to learn with these other clowns, knowing that I would never perform them. <laughs> <laughs> and that the other clowns had stabbed you in the back. And, and they couldn't know that I knew. Yeah, because it's it was right. all hush-hush. Yeah, and, uh, and, and I, I pulled it off. 
I, I, I pulled it off and um, I, I reached out to Big Brother and I was like, yo, like, uh, you know, I, I got I got this idea. Like, I'm going to because I'd been walking on stilts on the cruise ships and um, always terrified. That sounds sleeping. terribly dangerous. <laughs> it's like you fall I mean, off the edge. Yeah, no, no, we're never like it wasn't even about falling off the edge of the ship, but it was it was just falling in general. Yeah, because the ship's scary. moving. Yeah. So because I was, you know, like I was kind of uh, front front of my mind, and I thought, man, I got to do it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tip myself over on stilts, and I was like, but, but I got to make it big and rad. So I called up Jeff Tremaine. I was like. I'm gonna have a a stilt costume, which which will be lit on fire. <laughs> while, while my stilt costume's on fire, I'm gonna have a unicyclist ride a unicycle through my stilts, while a skateboarder jumps off the roof of a house <laughs> over my head and and through a fireball that I'm blowing out of my mouth. So the photo will be the skateboarder going through the fireball that I'm blowing out of my mouth. While the unicyclist rides through the stilts, <laughs> I'm on fire. And then when those two guys ride away, then I'm going to crack open a beer and pound it while I tip myself over. And then when I hit the ground, I need to be extinguished. And uh, I wanted that to be um, the the cover of Big Brother magazine. Wow. Tremaine liked the idea, and I, I walked off the cruise ship with uh, like $9,000 in cash. Which was n- like not clever of me to have been stashing all that cash in my cabin on the <laughs> especially not with those fucking backstabby clouds. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Maybe I put some of it in the bank. I don't know, but there was a there was a bunch of cash that I had, and um, you know, I uh, I flew myself back and forth to California to do um, you know to do big stunts to try to get noticed, and when I got out to California with the fire stunt. Um, that's when I met Knoxville. Tremaine waited until I was out there, and he was like, "Hey, dude! Like now that you're out here, I can tell you, uh, this isn't just for the ma- the magazine. We're doing this for a pilot." Jeez. And, uh, and yeah, I did that fire stunt for the pilot. It didn't make the cover, but the photo was the table of contents, the whole page. Yeah, I've, so it was I've seen rad. it. Yeah, we got a cool photo out of that, and um, and then. Uh, yeah, kind of the rest is history. It had had those clowns, and you know what? Like I do owe it to those clowns for me to. I, I can't provide <laughs> history. Yeah, you know, the, fair the, enough. The reality is, the truth is, I gave those clowns every reason to. I I was very disrespectful of those clowns. <laughs> I did not think they were f- fucking rad. I didn't think they had any. Like skills that I admired, they didn't. I didn't think that their their stupid shit that they were trying to come up with was funny or rad. I just didn't think anything that they did was awesome at all. And as such, I had no respect for them, and I behaved very much with disdain. <laughs> I mean, not disdain as much. I just didn't have time for them. I was yeah, just you were. Like, like whatever you guys want to do and I would just have my headphones on practicing my juggling and just my you know like I ignored them and and I was disrespectful and so like um they had every reason to uh to do what they did and thank god they did what they did because 
if 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 I kept that job for another contract, you wouldn't goes, have been jackass. Yeah, there goes the jackass pilot. There goes the whole thing. So, Steve, name one of those clowns who made a billion dollars at the box office. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I think everything turned out okay. I don't think jackass made any billion dollars. No, I'm talking about all of it together. You got you guys. I'm. I'm do you think you've made a billion dollars on all four movies? No. no? So, well, that's a damn shame. You should be, you should have made a billion dollars. I think uh, I think we probably cracked a half a billion, but all all four movies put together, definitely not a billion. Honestly, anything over ten thousand dollars sounds rich to me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You have to it. if you if you can please touch on one thing. True or not true? You did blow <laughs> with Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. In, in, uh, a bunch of it for hours. In, you, were you not at all intimidated? Do you know him? Do you like you guys had like a previous relationship and then you hung out one night and somebody had some blow or? Uh, uh, I'm pretty sure it was the first time we ever met, and I had a bunch of cocaine, and uh, and we locked ourselves in the bathroom for for probably three hours until we had consumed it all. Wow. And what is the conversation life with, like with Mike Tyson when everyone's hot? Are you guys like really, are you, is it, listen, I've done quite a bit of blow myself and I know what those conversations can be like, you know, hours long yeah. meandering, we're talking about sure. saving the world. And then you wake up in the morning and all you want is a beer and to go back to bed. Um, but what do you guys talk about? Do you remember any of it? I mean, you don't have to share anything yeah, super personal, but. For sure. Um, I mean, I just, I think that the, the, the final thought Mike's parting comment was that everybody's got Steve-O wrong, that Steve-O's actually very intelligent. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Who? He said, everybody's got you wrong. You're a smart guy. Wow. Really? To have Mike yeah. Tyson say that to you? I'd, I'd just be a little nerd. I mean, listen, I don't know Mike Tyson, and he seems like a perfectly lovely guy. You know, he's, he yes. also has matured, and he, you listen to him sometimes, and you're like, wow, Mike Tyson really got his shit together. Like, he knows what he's talking about. He's almost like a philosopher in some ways, right? And yeah. But I don't know, just me personally being stuck in a bathroom with Mike Tyson <laughs> doing blow. I'd be like, oh, I hope this doesn't go the wrong way. I hope he also thinks I'm intelligent, so I don't, I don't get hit. Steve? Yeah. I, I got to tell you, and I know I shared a little bit uh, earlier on in the in the conversation, but I see our and uh, uh, Tina's been a friend of mine for thirty plus years, and we've been big fans uh, since since you guys came on air. And I have to say that I feel like our life path have gone similar directions, and it's just such a pleasure to talk to you and know that the authenticity that that we kind of felt through the screen is really there you're a really cool guy and i'm so grateful that you came on the show well thanks man i appreciate it i uh you know for you to know about the the stilt stunt for big brother that's uh that's going deep man that's uh that was a long time ago and uh and it's pretty rad dude if i'm gonna have steve-o on I'm going to ask questions that I sincerely want answers to, not ones that I already have answers to. So, um, and, you know, we do our homework. We don't want to sound like total idiots once we get on air. Uh, I love it, man. I love it. I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, man, sounds like you checked out my bucket list special, too. We did. And yeah. we're going to encourage our listeners to do so. Also, uh, Steve O, uh, podcaster, stunt maker, philosopher, uh, 
engaged for a long time guy and doesn't matter because he'll do it when he's ready. And I'd like to consider you a friend of the commercial break now, too. Will you come back on sometime, Steve? Sure, man. I love it. I really, where, 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 where does this live? Is it, it's it's in Atlanta. Oh, it lives on YouTube. Uh, but it really where the audience is, is on the podcast, on the audio version. So I'll right. send, of course, we'll send you a link. We'll get in touch with you um, and send all the, the information and uh, come back on sometime. We love you and best to you. Thanks, Steve. Hey, man. Thank you. Appreciate you guys. No problem. Glad to have you. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, dude. Let's cut to the chase. We love you and we want to hear your sweet angelic voices asking us for advice. So give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 626-ASK-TCB3. If you're not ready for that kind of commitment, which I understand, send us a text instead at 855-TCB-8383. And as always, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at The Commercial Break and on TikTok at TCB Podcast. And this wouldn't be a TCB promo if I didn't tell you to go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Commercial Break to watch all of our amazing video edits. You can also go to tcbpodcast.com to find everything we have ever put on the website. Let's listen to some sponsors and then we are back on track, baby. Love you. Bye. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Oh, my gosh. What a fun time with Steve. He couldn't have been more gracious. Absolutely fantastic. I am still tripping over that story about Mike Tyson and doing blow for five hours with Mike Tyson. I can't believe he said locked in the bathroom. Locked in the bathroom (laughs) with Mike Tyson. And listen, I've seen, I'll reiterate this, I've seen lots of recent video. We've all seen Mike Tyson since his heyday as a crazy and crazy talented boxer. He would destroy human beings, and everybody was afraid of him. But he seems like he's gotten some self-awareness and some perspective on life. He's almost like a philosopher now. Super chill. A philosopher with a really weird voice, but a philosopher nonetheless. Doesn't he raise pigeons? I don't. I think he does. I think he's a pigeon raiser. (laughs) Wouldn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me either. It's like the most, the biggest example of brute force in our lifetime, Mike Tyson. Absolutely. Is like petting pigeons. He did this whole documentary about petting pigeons or something it was really fascinating but then when steve says the clowns voted me off the island like the clown stabbed me in the back i just lost my shit and then he said the boss clown oh yeah the boss clown (laughs) (laughs) i'm just imagining thugs you know like yeah 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 and uh how do you not get hired on the circus that paid you to train outrageous circus it's outrageous only steve but i like Here's what I like about Steve, and I'm trying to convey the message. I hope I did appropriately. 
Steve also has some perspective now in his later life. I think now that he's sobered up and he's probably sure. been to more therapy meetings than we'll ever go to in our time <laughs> of life. Um, he's just got some self-awareness and there's not a bit, not an air of anything about him. He came on. He Super authentic. Soon. So genuine. Yeah. Very humble. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I'm really grateful Me that Steve too. decided to come on. That I, it, I hope we get him back one day. We will get him back. Yeah. I have a feeling he'll come back. And Chrissy's not here. But if you had told Chrissy and I at the beginning of this crazy adventure, or even a <laughs> month ago, that Steve-O would agree to come on the commercial break, we probably would have laughed you out of the room. Yes. Because this is the most mediocre comedy podcast <laughs> available. <laughs> I have a feeling none of Steve's people <laughs> listened to the show before they agreed to come on. But we're so grateful that he did decide to come on. Um, yeah. So all the pertinent details are available inside of the show notes. Let me remind you. Go check out his special Hilarious. Pay a go few watch bucks. It. Yeah. Go watch it. It's not money wasted. If you're a fan of anything Jackass or Steve-O, you're going to love this. Also, check out his podcast, uh, Wild Ride. It's, it's good. And he's got some real big-time celebrities that walk in the door. I was watching the um, Johnny Knoxville one. I was watching the Johnny Knoxville one. Can, yeah. Can I hear you? No? Why can't I hear you? What happened to you? <laughs> I don't know. All right, Tina went away. But oh, there you are. Am but I let back? me get. I don't know what happened there. But <laughs> let me give you the pertinent details for this show. TCBpodcast.com As Christina says, go there for everything that we've ever put on the website. <laughs> <laughs> you can also dial us up at one six two six ask TCB the number three. That's six two six ask TCB the number three. You can leave us a voicemail or text us. Comments, questions, concerns, content ideas. Ask Brian's mom. Ask TCB. You need advice. We're here not to give it. It's going to be fantastic. You're going to love it. You want your piggy-fronting sticker? Let me move backwards a little bit. You want your piggy-fronting sticker? They are available. You can go to the website, hit the Contact Us button. The drop-down menu says, I want my free sticker. Give us your address, and then seven to ten days later, we'll send it off in the mail. It takes about two weeks to get to you. So leave Astrid alone! <laughs> <laughs> Poor Astrid. Poor Astrid. Uh, also, add the commercial break on Instagram for clips of the show. We'll put some clips of Steve-O up there, of course. Um, TCB Podcast on TikTok. And then, YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Here's what we're doing. We're putting out clips of the regular episodes, and then we're editing and putting out the full episodes for the interview so you guys have a chance to see and hear your favorite celebrities here on the commercial see and hear your favorite celebrity <laughs> uh, oh yeah steve has got to be one of my favorite celebrities oh my incredible. god but he is now that's yeah, for absolutely. sure and all of my celebrity interactions i will tell you that i've had two in the last three weeks heather mccann heather mcmahon excuse me yeah. and uh steve-o they fantastic fantastic they're just like fast friends and uh, we'll probably never talk to him again. But hey, at least we got one opportunity right. to do it. <laughs> uh, so go to the YouTube.com slash the commercial break. Subscribe, like on your favorite video, comment, all that good stuff. You know how to do it. We want to thank you for being the best listeners in the podcast universe. Keep those reviews and comments coming. We just love them. Oh, and Chrissy will be back for season number five. I talked to her just a couple days ago. Guys, send all your... Thoughts and prayers, guys. Thoughts and that's prayers. Right. All right, that's all I can do for today. But I'll tell you that I love you. I love you. Best to you, Tina. Best to you, Brian. And best to you out there in the podcast universe. Until next time, Tina and I always say, we do say, and we must say, goodbye. goodbye.